Leaves Rolled Up. I'm your host, Julia DeRota. When faced with the serious and complex needs of people in our society, many throw up their hands in exasperation. At the Salvation Army, however, we roll up our sleeves and get to work. In this podcast, you'll hear from guests who are determined to see people's lives transformed through their respective roles at the Salvation Army. State of the Nation is a comprehensive report released each year by our Social Policy Unit that measures outcomes that impact on the well-being of the communities, whānau and individuals that the Salvation Army works with. In today's mini-episode, we talk about the pattern of unfair and inequitable outcomes for Māori that exist in most of the indicators we use in the State of the Nation report. We also talk about positive examples where change to reduce inequities is happening, as well as identifying areas where long-standing inequity remains. Without further ado, let's get into the episode. Maria, thank you so much for joining me today. So before we get into the questions, um, can you just take a moment to introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about your background and your role uh, within SPPU or your role in the report. Kia ora, I'm Paul Barber, I'm one of the social policy analysts in the social policy and parliamentary unit at the Salvation Army and working here for the last uh, three years and have been working in this area for over 20 years now. Uh, I'm one of the co-authors of the report and was involved in putting together the work on the Aura Waiwara Māori wellbeing in the report. Ngā mihi nui kia koutou, kua media te whiu a I'm a media to few and probably the newest member uh, to Salvation Army in terms of Māori wellbeing and equity. Um, I am currently in uh, Māori Ministries. I hold the role as the co-chair of uh, TSA Runanga and I uh, also have um, the role for Community Ministries which is in development of Māori um, ministry across TSA. Fantastic, a really important role. So um, the report uses indicators based, as Paul mentioned, on the Hiara Waiora Wellbeing Framework. So can you tell us a little bit about the framework and why we've chosen to use it for this section of the report? Mm. Um, the Hiara Waiora is the Treasury New Zealand's framework that we've used uh, and we use uh, four indicators to look at the well-being of Māori uh, across uh, several uh, areas of the report. And by drawing on uh, Mātauranga Māori uh, and Te, te Tirohanga Māori, which is Māori knowledge and perspective, uh, the State of the Nation report again uses this uh, framework and applies the lens to its research to measure the well-being progress for Māori against tangata care, uh, non-Māori and Māori. Thank you for that and we'll be, there'll be a bit of a more in-depth description as well in the full report if you want to go and read that I will leave a link to it in the description of the podcast. Uh, so we can start with some good news. The report showed that there are some changes happening to reduce inequities for Māori. Can you tell us about that? Mm. Um, by using the framework we've been able to focus on significant improvements and declines including areas where there's been no change for Māori. Um, But for this year, we've looked at uh, a five-year period from 2016 um, uh, through to 2021, and we saw lower rates for rangatahi offending with overall imprisonment uh, rates for all ages falling, which is good news. 
And now this may sound like good news for Māori, but despite these falling rates, uh, there is still a huge disparity for Māori in comparison to non-Māori. What else are we seeing? Uh, rising incomes for Māori uh, and fewer tamariki Māori going into state care, which is a positive for us, uh, with lower teen pregnancies, pregnancy rates, which is a sign of hope that Angatahi are building stronger foundations for their future. Uh, we're also seeing fewer infant deaths uh, in the first year of birth, um, especially is reducing for Māori and closing the disparity gap slightly between Māori and non-Māori. So we are seeing some improvements. Mm-hmm. So you just mentioned before that there, even though the imprisonment rate is reducing, there's still a disparity between Māori and non-Māori. Do you want to talk a little bit about the changes in the youth justice space and how that's impacting everything? Um, is a, um, a significant downward trend for both youth offending and imprisonment rates for adults across all ages, uh, but particularly for youth. Um, and a real sign of hope is the way that uh, police and the justice system respond to Rangatahi offending now, uh, together with Fano and Hapu and Iwi, uh, that have redesigned, and this is really important, redesigned legal space by introducing the Koti Rangatahi on Marae, uh, the change in approach is about redirecting uh, youth away from the, the justice system by using an alternative kaupapa Māori approach for rangatahi to address their offending and um, address the damage caused uh, by finding alternative ways to pay back to society. So rangatahi court isn't just about a redirecting, it's about addressing the offending and it's, but it's too soon to know if more recent changes are working and beginning to reduce reoffending. Um, we'll see those changes occurring over time. Mm-hmm. So the report talked a lot about uh, whānau wellbeing, and sadly, it's not it's not good news. Can you tell us a little bit about that, Paul? Yeah, what what we tried to do in the report was uh, look at what measures that might be available about whānau wellbeing, especially during the time of the. Uh, the COVID crisis since uh, March 2020. There's not a lot of information, but the little bit we have um, includes some stats, New Zealand data around um, family and whānau wellbeing. And what is uh, interesting about this and, uh, is that uh, Māori wellbeing appears, or whānau wellbeing appears to have declined in that time, whereas when you look across the, uh, the entire population, um, there was not so much change, which is an interesting in itself, and I think uh, shows that even in a response to the crisis that worked overall quite well for people, um, might have experienced that, not uh, have had a worse experience out of uh, that time. Uh, and it seems, I mean, some factors that may be affecting that final well-being is final were harder hit by job losses in the initial part of the crisis, um, and have not benefited as much from the recovery in employment that's happened uh, over the past year through to um, mid-2021. And also there's the whole issue of the unequal health response mm. around mm. The, the COVID crisis. And obviously that has a, and would have had a, seems to have had a stronger impact on Māori. Mm. But some people might be thinking, look, why are we prioritising Māori wellbeing when everyone's struggling? Well, not everyone's struggling, and quite a number of 
some people are doing very well in this time and I think that's something we have to remember in our developing our responses. Uh, but the one of the real issues is that the higher unemployment rate and the greater levels of welfare um, uh, receipt at the moment, um, the higher housing needs impact Māori far more than they impact uh, non-Māori. And it requires us then to respond in a way that actually works for, for Māori and addresses uh, the reasons and, and the, the context that people are experiencing yeah. hardship. Mm. And Paul is correct there. I mean, not everyone is struggling, but Māori for many years uh, have had huge gaps in terms of their well-being, mm. and the disparities are, uh, are great. Mm. So when we talk about everybody struggling, Māori have, have had experienced this for, for decades. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yep, deep-seated inequities, eh? Yes. Mm. In 2020, there was a decline in Māori students leaving school with at least NCEA Level 1, which is a bit of a concern. So do we know why these students aren't staying in school? Well, first of all, COVID has impacted on education significantly, and that's the reality of it. And we are seeing Māori and Ngātahi harder hit by the effects of COVID. And having to leave school earlier, um, than expected. A lot of our Tamariki Māori are leaving school with a minimum qualification of NCA Level 1 and um, the COVID impact uh, relates to a number of things because it impacts on the individual as a student but it also has impacted on the whole whānau mm-hmm. which may be a reflection on the socio-economic situation, mm-hmm. reality of the whānau. For example, children leaving school to look after the younger siblings or older relatives that live in the house or even possibly having to go to work to support mm. uh, the family. Mm. Yep. Tough time for them. Yep. So that's that's the main questions I had to give people an overview of this section of the report. Is there anything else that you wanted to touch on before we wrap up? Anything that we've missed out? One of the things we, we touch on across the whole report is the area of housing and um, mm-hmm. and it's a real deep concern that we are not able in our housing policy to really address the needs of people on, on lower incomes um, and who are really struggling to find uh, housing just to rent we're coming out of homelessness and unfortunately these statistics impact much more on Māori and one of the th- signs of hope we need to look for is to find n- new ways to address housing need to actually work for Māori. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's correct and, it, and it's de- desperate time mm-hmm. uh, for many Māori. Mm-hmm. So it's not only about finding houses, it's got to be affordable, mm-hmm. affordable housing um, and the right locations for them as well. So, yeah. And yeah. there are exciting things happening I think that's, you know, we're seeing new initiatives developing mm-hmm. but the extent of the need um, there's a long way to go. Mm. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time today. Um, for those of you listening, I'll leave a link to the description in the description, sorry, uh, to the full report so that you can read more about this really important work that's that's happening.